what did I learn today to become a better communicator? Another off day from the station, so I was just making a weather or a wildfire video. And today I decided to make another wildfire video and back to Old Faithful Fuel Moisture. The reason I did this was kind of tied into one of the lessons I learned yesterday about how you want to speak in analogies or metaphors often when you're trying to communicate a difficult subject. Something that the viewer or the listener intuitively understands that connects to this more complex topic in some way. So I thought, oh, perfect example for trying this out in my video tomorrow would be fuel moistures, because that's literally the analogy I've used more than any other one. That kind of the idea behind why fuel moisture is important to wildfire is really the same as just a campfire. If you're going to start a campfire with a moist log or a dry log, you know it's way easier to start the fire with the dry log, and then it's going to burn a lot hotter and faster once you do get it started. So that was how I started the video off, and then tied it into actually how you how you figure out soil moisture or fuel moistures. So in that aspect, I was sort of able to bring it back to a story, because as a researcher at San Jose State, collecting fuel moistures or Collecting samples to figure out the fuel moisture was one of the main things that we did. You know, I think that is something I could have done better as a communicator today, though. I sort of broke that down into a framework. Like, here's step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And, you know, that was decent, but it might have been better told as a story. I think frameworks are kind of a default mode. If you don't really know what else to do, you can always just do a framework. But if you can use an analogy or a story, those are usually the most powerful tools that, that you can use as a communicator. And that's why when you look at some of the best communicators of all time, they often use analogies and stories. Don't really know the difference between an analogy and a metaphor. I should probably figure that one out. Overall, though, I think that was one of the main things I was trying today, just practicing that analogy aspect, but then I was, I was also just doing the same thing I've been doing the last few days, where I'm trying to speak as normally as I possibly can. And I think this was my fourth video that I've done in this kind of educational series that I've started, and I finally started to feel like I settled into my own a little bit. It took way less takes, both for the five-minute explainer and the one-minute kind of summary video, or the talking point video. And that's only four videos in, and I'm already starting to feel somewhat comfortable. So I can't imagine where I'll be if I keep this up for two or three years, which is honestly the plan, to just build out a giant library covering every topic you can think of when it comes to weather or wildfire. And that actually ties into the where I learned the most throughout the day today. Actually, before I get to this, I will just say one thing that I've been meaning to say for the last two podcasts, and every time I forget. It's that one of the beneficial things that I'm doing, and could be a good trick for anybody to use if they want to get better at communication, is I'm actually, with those one-minute videos, I'm getting the transcript, because I'm I have that transcript anyway from the videos that I'm producing and the software that I'm using that transcribes your voice. And I'm looking at it 
And in some cases, I'm editing a little bit, but I'm trying to leave it as much the same as possible. And this is something I could maybe think about changing in the future. Right now, I'm leaving the transcript as is because they're pretty bad, <laughs> to be honest. Like, maybe it doesn't sound that bad when I'm just speaking and you see a video, but if you actually look at how I'm structuring my sentences, it's not very good. It's a lot of run-on sentences. It's almost like the whole minute is just one long sentence. Everything ties together with and, but, and so. But it's helpful. <laughs> but it's helpful to see the transcript because I can just clearly see exactly what I'm doing wrong. And it makes it easier to see how I could change things too. So right now I've been leaving it the same in the descriptions of my videos because I want to be able to go back and be able to see how bad it was. But I think tomorrow I'm actually going to switch it up and I'm going to use it as part of the learning process and I'm actually going to edit the transcript into something better so that I can actually start to work in my brain the steps I would need to take to go from where I am right now in my speaking style to where I probably should be if I actually want to be able to speak coherently in well-formulated paragraphs. That's kind of the idea. Right now, it's just kind of one long sentence, as I'm sure this podcast is as well. I think I'll try that out tomorrow. But the main thing that I want to be careful with is I don't want this to turn into writing. And the reason for that is I think... You know, this is different for everybody as they're learning to become a better communicator. Some people swear by writing. They say the best way to become a better speaker is to write because then it forces you to structure sentences very well, organize your thoughts, and you see how it's done, and you can do it slowly. So then when it comes to speaking, you've already built up those skills. And then you can just learn how to do it faster and faster. So there are definitely benefits to writing. But throughout this whole journey of becoming a better communicator, I kind of like the... No, I don't kind of like it. I love the aspect of just trying to write absolutely nothing. Because here's my reasoning here. In the past, I've gotten into the habit of, instead of really thinking about what I need to change and then trying to internalize it, I'll think about what I need to change and then write it down so I don't forget. And to me, that's kind of just a crutch. And it's telling yourself, I'm going to write this down because I don't know it right now. And I'll be able to look back at this so that I can remember, so that I can learn it in the future. That's what I want to get away from. Because I want this learning process of becoming a better communicator to be something that happens every single day. I do everything I can today. And then tomorrow, it's a whole different ballgame. It's the same as writing plans down. If you write a plan for a week from now, by the time you get to your version of yourself a week from now, you will have learned, hopefully so much, that you could write a better plan. So you want to just be learning in the present moment because that's where you're ready for that information and where that information applies to you the most. 
and you don't want to push it aside to learn later because you could just learn it now. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. This also reminds me of the fact that you shouldn't focus on too many things at once. And that's a tempting habit to get into when you're writing everything down. You can have a 50-page document of all the different ways that you need to change to become a better communicator. And you know what you're going to do? You're not going to do one of those because there's going to be so much to focus on that you're not going to focus on anything. When you don't write anything down, it forces you to think about what the most important things are. And you can't hold 50 things in your head. So you're going to have the, you're going to, I forget the saying, it's like take the cream off the milk or the tip of the iceberg. And that's what you're going to be focusing on every day. And that's exactly what you should be focusing on. And then once you solve those, then some other problems will arise and then you can solve those. But you can only do really one at a time. For example, in my weather forecast hits, I've tried to go into them thinking, all right, I'm going to try not to say and button so, I'm gonna to try to have better rhythm, I'm going to try to break out at one point to just speak to the camera directly. I'm also going to work on my body language. I'm going to move forward and backward as well as side. Just the whole list. And you know what ends up happening? Nothing. Get kind of overwhelmed, just go into autopilot mode, end up speeding through the entire thing, and I don't end up practicing anything. However, if I go into a hit and I say, all right, I'm going to work on this one thing, this hit. I end up maybe not doing it the entire time because you should get wrapped up into actually communicating and thinking about what you're trying to say and not thinking, getting in your own head too much about your style. But you can work on one thing and then maybe for the next forecast hit, you work on something else. And then the next forecast hit, you work on something else. So what I'm saying is, if you're trying to become a better communicator, it's tempting to try to work on 50 to 100 different things. And it's especially tempting to do that if you write them all down and then try to look over that list to remember them all. In my opinion, your progress is faster and more sturdy if you're just learning as much as you possibly can in the moment and you're not putting anything aside to learn for later. think I like that. All right, so that was a little bit of a tangent, but getting back to what I was saying, I ended up talking with my advisor today, and I had sent him a forecast hit from, I believe it was Sunday, and I could go back into these podcast videos where on that Sunday, the major thing I was talking about is how I was working on rhythm, how I, before my forecast hit, I was thinking of a rhythm like of my favorite communicator, kind of the beat that he uses when he's speaking, like the boom, broom, 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 boom, broom, broom. I know, that always sounds ridiculous, but that was kind of what I was playing in my head before the forecast, to, just to try to set that pace and that rhythm so that I would try to talk like that when it came to the forecast. And I ended up doing a number of forecasts like that, and I felt like they were pretty good. They actually... 
Honestly, a few of them felt perfect. And I sent it to my advisor or my mentor just out of curiosity because I kind of knew what he was going to say, but I sort of needed to hear him say it. And he said, you know, that video you sent me was perfect. And that's what was wrong with it. And I was like, yep, I knew he was going to say that. Because you don't want to be perfect. You don't want to turn your communication into a performance. It's very tempting to work on pace, pitch, power, and pause, and your rhythm, and your intonations, and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, all of those things are just pulling you away from communicating from your core, speaking like you actually would to a friend. For example, when you go and you're talking to a friend, as you're walking up to say hello, are you playing a little rhythm in your head so that you speak with lots of rhythm? No, you're just talking to your friend. And that's how you want to talk to the camera. You want it to be as natural as possible. You want, you want it to be like a conversation. There's a few reasons for this. One, it's authentic. It's actually you. And that's the most important reason. You don't want to put up some kind of fake facade or use overly eloquent language or speak in a deeper tone or any of that stuff because that's not you. And it's not being genuine. You want to communicate in truth. That's one of the cornerstones or keystones, I don't know what that's called, of good communication is truth. And people can tell if you're not speaking honestly. And honestly, when you try to do all those little fake voice intonations and all of that, it's not you. You're I wouldn't go as far as to say it's deceiving the audience, but it's not exactly genuine. The other reason is, it's also just not as fun. It's not that fun to try to put on a perfect show and then the entire thing is just perfect. And you know every single little thing you're going to say and exactly how you're going to say it, and you don't mess up at all, and it's just polished. That's the word for it, polished. That's not how you want to communicate. You want to be thinking while you're communicating. You want it to come from your heart. And it's not going to come from your heart if you already know everything that you're going to say. If you've rehearsed it or you're just reading a script. For example, that's why in this podcast, I don't have everything written out and I'm just reading the lessons that I learned today that I've typed up and formatted and edited perfectly. I want it to actually just come from my heart. And I want to practice speaking from the heart. Because that's the reason most people don't do it. Is it's harder. I, eh, I'll say that. I, I, that's what I think. It's easier to point to the graphics and say exactly what you know you're supposed to say. And then look at the camera and say exactly what you think you should be saying. It's much harder to just square up to the camera and tell the audience a story. Say, 
hey, this is what's going on. And just think and speak at the same time. It's the most important skill you can learn as a communicator, though. And I was glad that I had that conversation with my advisor today. Because he reminded me of that. So in these future videos, it's not going to be so much about how to speak perfectly. Pace, pitch, power, and pause. It's most likely going to be more about what you can do to become a better communicator. Not stylistically, because stylistically, the best version of yourself as a communicator, whether it's just with other people, or the camera's on, or the microphone's on, it's just to speak as naturally as you can. And weirdly enough, that's the hardest thing to do. But stylistically, that's all you have to worry about. Before that camera starts, before you're about to go live, always just say, talk to the camera like you talk to a friend. Every single time. That's really all that you should be thinking about. And weirdly enough, I found that when I think about that, it clears up a lot of the other bad habits that I have that actually are stylistically bad. Like connecting all my sentences with the end button. So if I'm just talking to friends, I don't do that. So clearly it's something where maybe it's nerves and I feel the need to fill all of the pauses. For example, this podcast is just my voice. There's no music in the background. I'm not talking with other people. So when there's, so when there's a pause, that's just pure silence. What I need to do is be able to become comfortable with that silence. And I could go about that by thinking constantly about not saying and button so. Or <laughs> I could just try to get better at speaking normally. And I think that problem will solve itself. My advisor was telling me a few other things as well. Another good one that he brought up was the idea that you don't want to give too much away to the audience. And this is something that I think I have been giving a little bit too much away recently, where you you say too many maybe personal details or you're kind of too humorous, too cutesy. I don't know. If, I don't think that was the right word, but just not taking your craft seriously. Now, that's a fine line because you want to take your craft seriously, but you also want to be having fun while you're doing it. The correct way to communicate is in the spirit of play. Like you're playing a game and you're really enjoying it because that's when you can think the fastest and that's when your communication often is the most genuine because you're really just wrapped up in the moment. The same way you're wrapped up in the moment if you're playing a game or going surfing or playing ping pong, whatever it is. So you want to you want it to be fun in the aspect that you're doing it in the spirit of play, but you want to take yourself seriously and you don't want to you don't want to make a joke out of yourself. And you also don't want to give too much away. That dilutes when you really just speak to the camera like it's somebody that you're just talking to. That doesn't seem as out of the ordinary if you're always just 
playing around. Kind of putting out some mixed messages here, so I'm going to try to make this more clear. You want to speak how you would speak to a friend, but you also don't want to bring humor, for example, into a weather forecast or whatever communication that you're trying to do. If you're a comedian, yeah, you should bring humor into your comedy, obviously. But if you're giving a sales pitch, that's probably not the time for humor. Maybe, but maybe not. It's especially true when you're trying to like teach people or tell them something they need to know. I'm just going to stick with the example I know. When I'm doing a weather forecast, I'm there to tell people what kind of weather that they can expect so that they can plan their day. I'm not there to make them laugh. That's not my job. And while some people might like it, some people might say, oh, I love that weatherman, he's funny. You know there are other people out there, including myself, who would say, dude, your job is to tell me the weather. Do you think you're some comedian? Yeah. And it's it's a very important thing to remember, and I think sometimes trying to bring in humor maybe comes from a lack of confidence, because you're trying to do other things to make the audience like you. If you do your job as well as you possibly can, and you have the knowledge to back it up, and you're not trying to make the audience like you, then they're just going to. It's almost like the tr- the harder you try, the less it's going to work. <laughs> In the aspect of trying to get the audience to like you. That shouldn't be a concern. The concern should be the service that you're there to provide. The service you're there to provide is to tell them about the weather. Do that to the best of your abilities. That's integrity. So that was some big lessons. Another big lesson that I've just learned slowly over the last few days is just the importance of listening. It's very tempting in every conversation, especially if you've been learning a lot and you want to tell other people about it. It's kind of a bad habit that I get into because I do learn so much and it it really excites me and I want to share it with other people. But it's very important when you're talking with other people to really listen. And the best way to listen is to just make eye contact with them and hear what they have to say. And one thing you can actually do to practice this is to try to summarize what they're saying back to them after they say it. That forces you to listen. So that kind of just popped into my head. Well, well, is that not being genuine because you're trying some new stylistic thing? No. I think there's still room for changing the structure of how you speak. Like if you tell a story or use a framework or if you use a callback in comedy, there's different tools that you can use as a speaker. But you always want to just be speaking from your heart and your core when it comes to your tone and your style. But you can still practice different structures. That's a key thing to point out. I'm not saying don't practice speaking. I'm saying there's certain things you should practice and there's other things that if you practice, you're going to turn yourself into a performer instead of turning yourself into 
yourself. <laughs> Don't know if that made sense. Sort of. All right. So yeah, just listening is important. If you're not really listening, you're not really learning. And I think not listening maybe comes from the idea that you already have all the answers. If you truly believe that other people have something to offer you, which everybody does, then listen to them. You might be surprised what you find out. And another flip side of that is you also have to ask good questions. See what that person is passionate about, maybe knows the most about, and see what you can learn from them. You don't really learn anything as you're talking. Now, that's kind of not true, because I've often found the best way to actually learn something is to teach it to someone else. So I'd say it's actually, you should be doing both. You should be listening, learning, teaching, laughing, all the above. There was something else that I wanted to talk about. Oh, kind of the theme of the last four or five videos. I'm not sure how, how many days in a row I've been doing this. But kind of the habit experiment that I've been doing. So over, I think I started around December 1st, I just made the point of breaking all my bad habits. Using social media, um, texting too much when I was supposed to be doing something else, maybe reading too many articles when I was supposed to be doing something else. Luckily, I, my habits aren't that bad. <laughs> but I, I think social media is probably a big one. It's just scrolling and scrolling. And I could do an entire podcast on why that's bad. But I'll save that for another time. And I'll just say the lesson that I learned today. So this morning, I did go back on social media. I think I was looking at Instagram Reels. And as a little background, a couple of days ago, was the day where I'd really stopped using everything. It was almost like a little dopamine detox. And you know it's a dopamine detox because I was actually just like in a bad mood. And I couldn't really understand why. And I'm not, I was like, oh, I'm tired, I'm hungry. But I was also like, oh, I haven't engaged in any of my bad habits. And I'm used to those providing me with guaranteed easy dopamine every single day. But I, and that's, Usually that day where it's, it's you're getting hit by the lack of engaging in your habits is the hardest day to push through. But if you do, it's amazing how much better you feel the next day. And actually the next day I made a video and I couldn't believe the sense of accomplishment and how much joy I got from making the video. It was something I haven't felt in a long time. And I think it was because I had lowered my tolerance for dopamine. For example, before when I'd make a video, didn't really feel it that much because that sense of accomplishment wasn't as powerful as, un unfortunately, it wasn't as, power as powerful as scrolling through these social media apps that are, that are algorithmically designed to release as much dopamine as possible. Now today is the next little chapter in this experiment, and I did go back on Instagram Reels, and I was scrolling through an I was like crying of laughter. And I was actually aware of the fact that the videos themselves weren't that funny. But they were way funnier than anything I had had access to over the last few days. So, and my dopamine levels or tolerance was much lower than it had been. So it was just like 
overpowering. And I was just like laughing like crazy. And I was almost surprised how entertaining it was. And I think that might be the most important realization that I've made over the last maybe five days. That little moment right there where I was scrolling through Instagram, just dying, dying of laughter at posts that weren't even that funny. And the reason that was the most important discovery I've made this week is because that's incredibly harmful to becoming the best communicator that you can be. That seems like a jump. <laughs> and for a while, anybody listening might have been wondering where I was going with this and how it related to communication. But here it is. If your goal is to become the best communicator that you can be, you have mechanisms within your body that will release dopamine, this is scientifically proven, as you work towards that goal. For example, the other day, when my dopamine tolerance was low and I produced a video, I could feel the dopamine being released to me. I felt happier. I felt a sense of joy and accomplishment and achievement, and it felt terrific. If you are constantly engaging in easy, short-term pleasure activities, whether it's social media, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, you are raising your tolerance. And the reason that's important is because you won't get as much reward when you do the things that get you closer to your goal of becoming a better communicator. And you want to be able to feel that reward as much because the more you feel that reward, the more you will be able to build up those good habits where you're reinforcing the thoughts that led to you creating that video and practicing your communication skills. I'll try to say that again because that's crucial. If you're constantly engaging in short-term pleasure, you raise your dopamine tolerance. Then, if you end up some, out of some miracle breaking out of that bad habit of scrolling through the Instagram feed for endless hours, if you somehow break out of that long enough to produce a video, you're not even going to feel that sense of accomplishment because Instagram has raised your dopamine tolerance so high that that little sense of achievement you get from slowly working towards your overall goal of becoming a better communicator, you're not going to feel it at all. And the reason it's important to be able to feel that is because that's what will reinforce you. It goes back to the habit loop. You have a thought, I'm going to make a video. You engage in the action, you make the video, and then you get the reward, which is the sense of accomplishment. And that reward actually reinforces, this is also scientifically proven, the thought of, I'm going to make a video. Or you could say, I'm going to practice communication. The stronger that reward is, the more that thought gets reinforced. The more that thought gets reinforced, the more you're going to engage in those actions, and the more it starts to work like a positive feedback loop in your favor in the direction of your goal of becoming a better communicator. That's why you should delay gratification. Because it robs you of the joy that you get as you work towards your major goals. Think I'm going to just let it sit right there, <laughs> but that is definitely an idea I'm going to come back to. And I'm also going to continue this little habits experiment 
because I'm sure there is much more to find out.